The Fat Boy Show. You're listening to The Fat Boy Show on your number one station, RX Radio. How are you doing today? Well, it's a beautiful day, isn't it? A very beautiful Friday. It's the 24th of June, 2022. Friday is finally upon us. How do you feel about that? Don't you feel great? The weekend is at hand and it's uh, less than a week before we get to kiss this month of June. Goodbye. Well, today on The Fat Boy Show, let's talk about a little uh, touchy subject, if you don't mind. We're going to talk about uh, fertility. Or I should say the lack thereof, infertility. Yeah, the high rate of infertility in the country is making couples settle for procedures such as in vitro fertilization or IVF, uh, and which is a technology that assists in the conception of a child. Now, IVF is where they take the female egg and it is fertilized in the lab and then the embryo is taken back and uh, inserted into the woman for it to grow in the uterus. Now, according to the Ministry of Health, between 10 and 15% of couples in Uganda cannot have children naturally due to uh, infertility. What is causing this high rate of infertility among Ugandans? One wonders. Well, uh, today on the Fat Boy Show, we're happy to be speaking to a specialist who's on the phone with us to talk to us about uh, what could be some of the causes of infertility and, uh, you know, if there are things that we can do to change these numbers or to bring them down. Well, we're happy to be speaking to Dr. Joseph Kafuma, a fertility doctor at the Women's Hospital International and Fertility Center. Hello, Dr. Kafuma. How are you? And welcome to the Fat Boy Show. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for introducing me. Well, today, Dr. Kafuma, we want to speak to you about the rising instances of infertility in this country. Mm. You are a specialist in this field. Is it true that there is an increase in the number of couples struggling to bear children in Uganda? Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. So many people uh, are seeking for, for help regarding infertility, their infertility. Yeah, the numbers are just going up due to different factors. Well, I've, I've been reading articles over the years that says Uganda is the most fertile country in the world. We have one of the highest birth rates. So I thought our women have no problem <laughs> producing babies. Uh, so what is this I'm hearing? <laughs> Please stop saying women. It's not only women, but, you know, both women and men are having ah. issues, are having difficulties. Yeah. So um, the numbers are just on the high. They are just increasing. So, but just a minute. We have high fertility rates. Mm. We have so many people who are unable to to have children. So, so if people, if a couple can't produce a child, mm. isn't this uh, the woman's fault? This is what we hear all the time. This is what people say, but it's the, not the woman true. is barren, so we have to send her back to her family. <laughs> <laughs> then they should return our cows. Let me tell you. Uh huh. <laughs> Because of this thinking uh-huh. or stereotype, so many men now nowadays are raising children who are not theirs. Oh, really? <laughs> so many. So Please many, don't yeah. say that. Is that true? <laughs> it's very true. So many men are raising kids who are not theirs. I will Uh-oh. tell you a story. Mm. I'll just share a story. Two stories. All right. Um, of a couple in the advanced age. You know, they, they had stayed together for a very long time, had five children, all grown-ups, taken through school. And um, when, they, when they, the man was about uh, in his late 70s, you know, he got an illness and almost, you know. So this lady had lived with this thing on her heart. Mm-hmm. I think she, she thought the husband was going to, to die, maybe 
she couldn't allow him to go without knowing the truth then she discloses that uh, none of the kids was you know <laughs> but why would she do why would she had five children and none was his why so, would she do that though did she want him to die it's quickly happening. it's happening to so many people another story i will share with you that certain couple they came from western uganda mm. So this couple had lived together and the lady wasn't conceiving because of this stereotype you know it's the woman it's the woman the man harassed the lady you know the man's family together they added on you know so with time the man did all sorts of things in the lady's eyes you know going here and they are trying so this lady that one day she woke up and she was like you know because they weren't going to hospitals to, to, to be checked Mm-hmm. So she decided to go and try somewhere else. Fortunately, or unfortunately, but fortunately, she conceived. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. Once she conceived, because she was fed up with the insults, yes. she came and faced the man, you see? Yeah, I can conceive. You are the so problem. When, <laughs> you are the problem. So that's when the, the man's eyes opened and he went, did the semen analysis test, mm. and his semen, you know, his sperm counts were low. That's mm. how they started to look for help and eventually actually if this lady assuming this lady had kept it as a secret you know and told her husband that you know I conceived thank god <laughs> you see doctor don't you agree that's the most dangerous thing to do is to get pregnant uh, with another man because uh, that can induce shock in the husband a heart attack or in some cases a violent retaliation i read a story last week i think Yes, uh, wasn't there a story of a is he a lecturer or something who hacked his uh, children to death after being told they were not his. But you know these things are happening because first of all the, the stereotype that is a woman's problem. Hmm? Now the couple I've just told you about if the lady because she was being insulted, you know, she was being abused, the man the, the husband was moving around, you know. If she had kept it as a secret and raised the kid as his, you know, because to cover the secret, she would go again where she went, or to someone else, and then conceive another child. Oh so you dear. see how the, how the man would raise children who are not his. Okay, so in your experience, uh, and I'm mm. sure you have uh, talked to many couples and done analysis, yeah. of whenever a couple is unable to have children, what proportion mm. is it usually the lady with the issue and what proportion is it the man with the issue percentage wise what would you estimate first of all maybe let's let's first look at what is, what is infertility okay yeah because we might be talking we might be speaking about something the listeners are not have no okay please about. break it down yeah, so what is infertility according, according to world health organization infertility is a disease of the female or the male reproductive systems you know this is very important to understand the reproductive system just like any other systems in our bodies you know we have different systems that make up bodies our bodies we mm-hmm. have the cardiovascular system which is responsible for blood circulation and all that we have the, the the nervous system which is responsible for the mechanical movements and the sensory part of our of our being mm-hmm. we have different system digestive system right then we have the reproductive system just like any other systems they can fail in their function they can get diseased you know once mm-hmm. you get an issue with the digestive system diarrhea abdominal pain mm-hmm. you can seek for medical help 
people think that the reproductive system is a super system <laughs> hey. which can't be diseased but it can be actually it can be it can fail just like a kidney can fail and someone is taken for kidney transplant okay so you know? uh, how does one know that they're infertile are there certain uh, visible signs and symptoms that can give you a clue as to what's going on yeah okay so i, I was still explaining mm. it's a disease of the reproductive of the female or male reproductive system um whereby if a couple have been having regular unprotected sexual intercourse for a period of a full year you know without a pregnancy mm-hmm. they are not on family planning and a period of one year elapses without a pregnancy such a couple fits within this definition of infertility they should go and seek for medical help all right so now the percentages about 10 to 15% of couples within the reproductive age bracket are failing to have children 10 to 15% 10 to 15 10 to 15 all right i think that that can translate to about close to 1.5 million couples i don't know the number of couples people trying to conceive in uganda but you know because if if you take the population of uganda which is 40 million um uh, 15 to 10% is of 40 million is is about 6 million but that includes children and everyone oh so if you just take couples that will be like 1.2 or maybe 1.5 close to that people are suffering with infertility all right that's a so, lot mm. yeah in terms of males versus women actually the percentages are close or even the same really you know? yeah female infertility contributes to about 50 to 55%. Male infertility is about 45%. Wow, we're almost even. We're almost yeah. even. <laughs> Just close, but but what we see in our hospital, in our hospitals is mostly women. <laughs> yes, if you go to a fertility clinic it's just ladies up you'll and down see, yes, everywhere. Yes, ladies mostly. You see ladies mostly, but infertility is serious. Mm. It affects people, it affects mental health. It affects um, the the reason I think this should go to religious leaders the number one cause of uh, <laughs> of you know relationships all right ending well yeah. what we have seen in Uganda is uh, mm. whenever couples find themselves struggling instead of mm. seeking medical attention the first place they go to is the church or the mosque yeah. or the shrine mm. Mm. <laughs> and they seek uh, spiritual intervention in this matter because- because people think infertility is, is a curse is spiritual is uh, witchcraft they don't look at it as a disease but this is what we need to talk about because bearing disease. children is considered a gift from god so meaning if yeah. you are unable to have children it means uh, you are not uh, carrying favor with god perhaps yeah. and so you you may need to seek intercession Uh, with the priest or the pastor to you know put you in God's good book so that the baby's come <laughs> <laughs> right that's very true that's very true that's, that's how people think thinking, but it's not I don't think it's true it's true okay so yeah. can you tell us doctor uh, Kafuma mm. is it uh, treatable and reversible because this is a scary uh, statistics mm. uh, you have shared with us 10 to 15% yeah. of couples so mm. it, what can such couples do are they doomed should they adopt children what can they do mm. Yeah, infertility like we've said it's a disease which has notable causes. 
So once there are causes which are identifiable, that means that uh, the solutions are there. Because once you can, you know, once you can discover a cause, then you can try to find out a solution. So solutions are available depending on the cause. Depending on the cause. Some of the causes, unfortunately, we may not be able to treat such that a person may, you know, may regain their normal function and then be able to conceive or have children normally. But then we have modalities, we have treatment modalities which are available and couples can be helped to to, to have children, which is the end result of the reproductive system. So treatments are available. Some of them are surgical, whereas others are medical. Okay, so for example, Mm. If you look at uh, sort of the more lifestyle-related causes mm-hmm. of uh, infertility, because I've mm-hmm. read in places that, you know, things like stress, hormonal imbalance, mm-hmm. alcohol, smoking, mm-hmm. drugs, like all these weight, weight gain, weight gain uh, yeah. can have an effect on uh, your fertility. Is this true? That's very true. That's very true. Lifestyle is an important yeah, issue these days because of the way people live, the diets these days, people are, you know, People are eating a lot of junk, so weight gain is on the increase, obesity. So the, all those things, because once someone gains weight, that affects the hormonal flow in their bodies, whereby the, the, the impact is, is on, on fertility. So just reducing someone's weight by just 10% can help them to regain their fertility. Just 10%. Just ten percent. Wow, this is uh, very interesting. It's not easy for most people. People are lazy. People (laughs) don't want to lose weight. (laughs) That's true, but uh, probably uh, Mm. you know one can only know for sure what treatment uh, options are available if they first seek the medical uh, advice. Right? They go and they see. People need to go Mm. as as couples. They need to go to hospitals and be checked. For women. The causes, for most women, the causes are to deal with fallopian tubes. Infertility has two types. There is what they call primary infertility and then secondary infertility. Primary infertility is if the lady has never conceived, no pregnancy whatsoever, mm. no miscarriage, or whether the pregnancy ended as a miscarriage, an abortion, or a delivery. That's primary infertility. Secondary infertility, someone might have conceived one or two or even miscarried but then they find themselves they, they can't conceive again so that's secondary and in most cases secondary infertility the causes are to do with fallopian tubes fallopian tubes are very delicate but they they do a lot in regards to conception what about age with a lot of uh, women especially educated mm. professional women uh, yeah. postponing uh, childbirth postponing child into, into yeah. their 30s and sometimes 40s does this uh, have an effect on their fertility? Are they able to have very children much. at this age? Very much. Of course, fertility levels reduce with, with age. Beyond 35... For ladies, rate, right? Mostly. <laughs> yeah, mostly for ladies. Beyond 35, the rate at which fertility depreciates in a woman is, 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 is so... It's, it's so very hard. rapid. It's very rapid. So if we've seen ladies at 37, they've run out of eggs. They are very... Results. 
You so know? when you hear religious leaders or some political leaders encouraging mm-hmm. ladies to marry early, have children early, you find that yeah. the feminists complain, saying, no, mm-hmm. women must first focus on their studies and education mm-hmm. and their careers. And so we are shoving our girls into higher education. When they get a degree, we say, you go for a master's. When they get the master's, we say, get PhD. When they get PhD, we say, <laughs> focus on the career. And so it's yes. not until she is into her 30s that she mm-hmm. is now encouraged to start a family. But at that age, it is more difficult for them, right? Actually, actually I've, I've seen, I've met ladies who have regretted. There's one who, she had a PhD. She was 38. But by the time she came to have her first child, of course, she had tried, but things weren't happening. By the time she came, her ovarian reserves. Because a woman is born with all the eggs she will have her entire life. It's like someone... Wait, so your bo- as a girl is born with all the eggs? With all the eggs. Okay. It's like someone gives you an account which has 100 million and they tell you, this is what you're going to use. You can only withdraw. You can't deposit. That's Wow. So but you're born then, with a tray of eggs. Yes, a tray of eggs, whereby you can only <laughs> withdraw. <laughs> you can't, you can't deposit. For men, we can withdraw and deposit. Yeah, that's the beauty with. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, men, <laughs> we're a bit yes. lucky. We're a bit lucky. So this lady, she had a PhD, but she was regretting. She was in tears when we told her that look, you can conceive, but it won't be your own eggs. I've seen another lady. She was in church. She grew up in church. She was waiting for Mister Wright. She came at 40. I think she was 43. Oh, no. (laughs) Now, the thing is, she's not wrong because, you know, it makes sense to wait until you find the right partner to start a family. That's very true. It may be true that you're more fertile when you're younger, but that doesn't Mm. just mean if you're 20, just start producing babies. There are other considerations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that, that's very. And so, true, for some of these uh, well-behaved ladies who chose to wait until they mm. felt they found the right man, mm. uh, and that is when they decide to start a family, then they will find themselves in these problems. Yeah, but ladies should also stop chasing our own men. Oh, yeah. Maybe they should have the children earlier, and if it doesn't work out, these days mm. men will men marry single mothers. These days, it's not so much a taboo as it used to be, right? <laughs> yeah, of course, a lady should have children before thirty-five. That's, before uh, thirty-five, medically speaking, yeah, that, that's that's the ideal. So. If a couple mm. goes to a clinic mm. uh, and, you know, they are diagnosed with, you know, they're examined. And if, mm. if the doctor uh, says to them that either one of them has a condition that is, say, permanent and untreatable, at that point, mm. the couple mm. is in a difficult place. Uh, so, for example, if, if the woman just has an internal medical issue that prevents yeah. her from ever conceiving... Mm. Um, is this where, for example, they can discuss surrogacy or other options? Yeah, yeah, the options are available. Of course, the, the number of things determine what treatment we offer for different people. Uh, age, age is a major consideration for young couples, young lady. The goal is to try and restore their fertility. So there are surgeries we can do, especially if the cause is to do with fallopian tubes. There, there is a laparoscopic surgery whereby we do keyhole, we cut small, you know, we make small cuts on their tummy. We pass a camera, look at the fallopian tubes. We look at the fallopian tubes, assess them very well. Then if there is something we can do about them, 
we do it there and then. Then afterwards, we we discuss with them their chances and you know, some couples the causes some for some women, the causes because they are not ovulating. So what we usually do, we put them on um, treatments that are going to stimulate their ovaries, grow eggs. Then we induce ovulation, and then we tell them to meet their partners at the time we give them. It's called timely sexual intercourse. Hey, on appointment. Yeah, that's when sex becomes medicine. So there are women who do not ovulate. And such women, some of the signs or symptoms they get is uh, some women get irregular menses, whereby you find a lady um, um, getting a period once a year, twice a year, three times a year. After four months, they get a period. So such women do not ovulate. I usually relate it to a mango tree, which puts on so many small mangoes, but you never get to eat a mango out of it. They all drop when they are still young. So we have such kind of women, and there are very many these days. There are very many. Such women, the other things they get on their bodies, at times they put on a lot of weight within a short time. Then they get what um, signs of... Um, increased male hormone in their bodies whereby they, they have hairs on their chin hairs on the chest hairy limbs some of them might might grow a muscular you know kind of body <laughs> yeah so such women wow. who are conceiving might be an issue usually their periods they get what they call an ovulatory cycles they don't ovulate so such people we can put them on medicines that you know like I've explained. Mm-hmm. Um, then the other treatment that's available is insemination, like they do for animals. You know, for men with low sperm counts, moderately low sperm counts. Is um, that the one they call interuterine? Intrauterine, intrauterine insemination. insemination. Yeah, insemination. So mm-hmm. we we use a small tube called a catheter, IUI catheter. Then this gentleman or the husband gives us a sample but by this time we've prepared the lady we've grown her we've stimulated her ovaries to mature one two three four eggs at the same time then we induce ovulation we make sure she ovulates then we time when the eggs have been picked by the tubes then the husband gives us a sample we concentrate the good sperms very well we prepare the sample then we use a small tube and we inject or deposit the sperm into her uterus, intrauterine. We cut on the distance the sperm have to travel. So, so you place it as close as possible to where the eggs are. That's very true. Near the fallopian tube openings, so they get into the fallopian tubes, meet the eggs there, then fertilization happens. So that's called IUI, intrauterine insemination. So, is that appropriate for men who, for example, may have a lower sperm count? uh, Or or whose sperms uh, have maybe like, I think the term is low motility. They cannot move around. Yeah, They're not very active. They are not very active. So, they cannot go the distance. So, you help them out and you transport them. (laughs) Yeah, sure. We we help them. We assist them to, to get to a certain, you know, 
to the finish exactly. line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is very interesting. Okay, so uh, and let's let's talk about male infertility for for just mm. a bit, and because mm. we just touched on one of the ways it can be handled. You mentioned yeah. that uh, ovulation can be stimulated through the mm. injection of hormones and things like this in the lady. What about yeah. for men? Are there things that can be done for men with a low sperm count so that they can mm. boost it? Is, yeah, is that a possibility? Yeah, depends on the cause. For men, the issues mostly that we encounter, or men encounter, are issues to do with the ejection of the semen. Uh, then the production absence, men might have absence or absent sperm or low sperm production. Then there might be issues with motility whereby the numbers are good, but then majority of the sperms are not able to move to travel through the female reproductive system, then there might be issues with the morphology, the, the, the structure of the sperm. Yeah, so that can can affect male fertility. So depending on the cause, there are causes in males which, are, which can be reversed. Like um, there is what we call varicose veins. These are enlarged blood vessels around the, the testicles. So such can be operated. These lead to low production of you know of sperm so once that is corrected uh, 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 this man can regain normal function and then they are able to to make a woman pregnant then the environmental factors men who you know heat heat can affect you know heat around the inguino the the waist you know <laughs> so if you wear for example uh, pants that are too tight too tight. There are men who wear like six, you know, shorts, pajamas <laughs> inside. And or, there are men who do long distance, you know, drivers, truck drivers. Ah, uh, so you are you're seated for hours at a time? Yeah, hours for a long time. Then What about a um, laptop? <laughs> yeah, using laptops on the <laughs> On the legs if you... <laughs> but also it depends on the, you know, on the time of exposure. If you're exposing your testicles longer you know longer periods so of course that's going to affect their functionality because there is a reason why the scrotum hangs down between the legs mm. yeah that's the scrotum was made in such a way that it's self-regulating temperature <laughs> when it's it, it, it close, may it may look uh, ugly but it has a, a purpose <laughs> <laughs> yes it has a purpose when it's so hot uh-huh. It, it relaxes and hangs. Mm-hmm. When it's so cold, it, it pulls it, it contracts so close to the body. Yeah, the, the, the tests function at a temperature slightly lower than the normal body temperature, at about 33 to 35 degrees. That's when sperm were produced. Ah, okay. If the temperatures go high, there's going to be a temporary hold, you know, in production of, of sperm. So if you expose your testicles to heat, to high temperatures, you're going to affect them. So once that is taken away, then normal function can be restored and yeah, things can work again, can happen. Wow. Yeah, other causes, other causes, there are men who are born without, and for, for parents, this is very important. Once, you know, you uh, lady gives birth to a male child, it's very important to check their scrotal sac to feel whether those two small, tiny things are there. They are babies who are born, or men, you know, they realize they come when they are 29, not, no pregnancy happening, no, you know, 
and then you check them and they, that thing is empty. So there is what we call, it's, it's a congenital, it's a birth defect, you know, whereby the testes fail to descend to the down. And yet it, it could have been corrected at birth or around yeah. there. Yeah, it should be corrected within at least, by the time a child is about two and a half years, within That's... the first two and a half years of, you know, of life, that should be corrected. The other causes, um, you know, for men, men think that ejaculating is, is they are, they, if they can ejaculate, then they are okay. Sperm and semen are two different things and they come from two different areas. So man ejaculating, producing that liquid during ejaculation doesn't mean there is sperm. Wow. Now, uh, mm. given the various uh, treatment uh, mm. uh, treatments and interventions that you have mm. discussed with us today, mm. um, one might think that these things are perhaps too expensive. Uh, is that mm. the case? Uh, because uh, they, you have to go to a specialized hospital for this sort of treatment. You cannot just go to a roadside clinic and they do this, right? Mm. So yeah, can course, you give us okay. an idea of what the costs mm. are like? For example, IVF. How much is IVF? Yeah, maybe we, we didn't we didn't talk about IVF, but IVF is um, is a treatment. It's called in vitro fertilization. Some people call it test tube baby treatment. Doesn't mean the baby is going to grow in a test tube, but uh, fertilization happens in a test tube or a glass tube. So with IVF, fertilization happens outside the woman's body in the laboratory, in the biology laboratory or IVF laboratory. That's where the eggs and the sperm are put together. They fertilize as they would fertilize in a woman's body because they failed to meet in a woman's body. So we aid them to meet, then fertilize in the laboratory in an incubator. So once fertilization has happened within about three to five days, about three to four embryos now, the ready formed baby, transferred into a woman's womb and then conception happens. So that's IVF basically. So IVF, the cost depends on someone's age. So I won't say this much on, on, on air here, but um, someone needs to come and then we see what, what they will need, what, what quantity of medicines they are going to need, you know, then we can be able to, to determine a cost for them. And also, it's, it is the case that it may not succeed the first time, so you might require several rounds, correct? Yeah, IVF is not, a, no, nothing is 100%. Nothing, so no, all nothing these treatments is, might require several tries? Nothing is guaranteed. Nothing is guaranteed. Yeah, you like, spend like, all your money and you end up with nothing. That must be very distressing. <laughs> like, like, like you get uh, malaria and go to hospital, you're not guaranteed of, it's not a guarantee that you're going to, you might die. <laughs> so <laughs> the others that there is yeah, that. IVF, the principle is like a farmer going to plant beans. If you can't put your seeds in the soil, it's not guaranteed that uh, they are going to germinate. That's why a farmer puts like three seeds in a hole mm-hmm. to give chance to at least one to germinate. Okay. But all three might germinate, or two out of three, or one out of three, or zero out of three. Because once you put your seeds in the soil, you cease to have control or power over them. You just wait for them to germinate. Okay. You might even go ahead to water. That's IVF. Once we put our babies back into someone's womb, they have to attach, the borders to accept. There is a lot that goes on which we totally have no control over. But we do things that are going to increase someone's chances to about 60%. 
60% is quite impressive, I must say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think uh, it, it begins and ends with the consultation. You first have to go and consult with the exactly. specialist. Exactly. exactly. And uh, in Uganda, we have quite a number of them now, right? Yeah, 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 yeah sure. Many, many hospitals have uh, areas that, you know, specialists who deal in this sort of thing. In this year, in fact, do you recommend? So, is this something that people should do as a couple? As you mentioned earlier, that it's mostly mm. women that fill up these facilities. Are you saying mm. that more men should be willing to accompany their partners for these uh, appointments and yeah. these uh, consultations? People should go as a couple to hospital because, in most cases, you might okay, you might find that one of them has the issue, but at times you might find both of them have issues. So you find the leaders an issue, the, the husband also, you know, has an issue. So that also determines the treatment that we, we okay. offer. Hmm. Wow, so, so men should accompany their, their, their wives. Yeah, we have other treatment options. Surrogates, you mentioned about surrogates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are women who have, um, I've seen a lady who, she, she was 23, she had never menstruated. When once we checked, she had no womb. You know, it's possible for a woman to be born. She had the eggs, but no womb. Yeah. In most cases where there is no womb, because all those things grow, usually grow from, you know, nearly the same source. So if someone has no womb, in most cases, even the ovaries are there, underdeveloped or even not there. So, yeah, there are women like that. So such women might need a surrogate to conceive, but then need donor eggs so we have donor egg services for women who have reached menopause we have so many women who are in their 50s but they are carrying pregnancies then um there are women who they are, if someone is 18 they conceive their first pregnancy very well normally then time comes to deliver they bleed so much that the only way to save them is to take out their uterus mm. you know you do a hysterectomy and take it out so such a woman, if she's to conceive again, because usually their ovaries are reserved, so they, they need a surrogate to carry their pregnancy, you know? Okay. So uh, for, for women who are busy, there are women who are busy. <laughs> they don't want to carry pregnancy, they can use They don't want to lose their shape. <laughs> yeah, there are women who get pregnancies and they discourage due to different reasons, blood pressure at times, you know, can affect pregnancies. So right. such women can benefit from surrogacy. Then we have other um, other options like um, sickle cell. Talk about sickle cell. You know, whereby a couple finds out that they are both carriers, sickle cell carriers. Mm-hmm. Uh, their chances of getting sickle cell disease children are very high. So such a, such a couple can, through IVF, we can predetermine normal embryos which are score cell free and then transfer them back so we can do a pre-genetic diagnosis on on the embryos then we make sure that this couple gets sickle cell free children then for for couples who get a particular you know one type of sex or gender so sex selection can be done before transferring embryos we can check them mm-hmm. to see whether they are boys or girls so such people can benefit from that service. It's still through IVF. Then sperm donations for men 
For men who do not have sperm in their semen, we usually try to get sperm directly from from the testicles through an operation called testicular sperm extraction. So we do a minor surgery Ouch. on the testicles, mm-hmm. then remove a small tissue, a little tissue, then try to look out for sperm. We usually find. We usually oh, find. really? They're just there yeah. hiding? Yeah, they are there. <laughs> you know, sperm can be, you know, you've seen men who have done vasectomy. You've mm-hmm. heard about vasectomy. Yes, yes, yes. Such men get their sperm, you know, that they are ducts or tubes, which are, which are, transport sperm from the testicles uh, upwards to the prostate area where they mix with the semen, then they are ejaculated out. So those tubes, once they are cut during vasectomy, because it's the the tubes that are cut, and then sperm can't, you know, be transported upwards. So, but also blockage can occur within those tubes, like the same way women get fallopian tubal blockage men can get those ducts also getting blocked due to you know infections STIs um, surgery can affect the, those ducts so you find the testicles are making sperm but then the sperm are not being taken out so such men we go directly into the factory then we make a small surgery or we can go in with a needle try to get out a little fluid and check out for sperm or take out a little tissue, look out for sperm. So all those we have them. For such men we get, uh, in most cases we get. For men where we can't find a single sperm, even having done all that, then we advise sperm donation. Which very few men are willing to do. (laughs) Yeah, but after, after long thought, what about uh, egg donation? You touched on this mm. earlier. Uh, mm. You mean a woman can get impregnated by another woman's egg? Yeah. How, how does that work? Um, of course, through through IVF. That happens through IVF. So we get, you know, for women at a certain point in time, they get into what is known as menopause. So they, are, they run out of eggs. Their ovarian reserves get depleted and they can't have, you know, children the natural way. Mm-hmm. So basically what we do, we find a lady, it can be, the, the person might be known to them, they are a relative, a sister, a friend, they bring them to us. The person they choose, they might choose certain, you know, characters in a person like them and then bring that person to be their donor. Or they can decide to go for a hospital donor, a person who is not known to them. That has an advantage in the long term. Um, so we get, we find a young lady, um, then she donates her eggs. Then we try, before we do all that, we, uh, we, of course we do tests on the donors, um, such as sickle cell, we check sickle cell, we check the common infectious diseases, hepatitis, uh, HIV, you know, diseases that can be passed on to mm-hmm. a person going to receive this eggs or embryos so once a person is okay is, is good then we can go ahead and stimulate their ovaries uh, do egg collection get eggs from them then the husband to this person who's um, who wants the child gives us his sperm fertilize the eggs with the sperm then the baby or the embryo we transfer them we transfer the embryos into the other person's womb 
So they will conceive, they will breastfeed, they will raise the child. Their child, the child will be theirs. Okay. Wow, there are so many modalities and interventions. I think uh, there is so much to learn about this. So I think I would encourage anyone who has more questions about this to seek out uh, this information from a health facility nearby or, Mm. uh, you know, look for people like Dr. Joseph Kafuma. You can come to Women's Hospital. Women's Hospital International Fertility Center. Behind uh, Kabira Club. Behind the Kabira Country Club, yeah. Okay. Texas Road. All right. So yeah. please uh, go there and uh, get more information. And I think uh, Dr. Kafuma will be there to answer all your questions, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, uh, I have uh, really enjoyed this conversation. We have learned a lot. There is so much to digest. Uh, mm. uh, but uh, ultimately, I hope uh, people try and do their own research and speak to experts mm. to guide them in this process so that uh, couples who are struggling to have children can find a solution. It doesn't mean it's the end of the world. If you cannot conceive, there are solutions, as you have yes, shared with us today. That's very true. Infertility is not a curse. It's not witchcraft. It's a disease which is treatable. So, yeah, come we complete your family. Yes. Interventions <laughs> Wow. Well, it was nice speaking with you, Fat Boy. <laughs> yes, I've enjoyed this conversation. And we have to talk again soon. I think uh, there is still a lot more wisdom you have to share with us. Sure, sure. Well, be available. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, we have been talking to Dr. Joseph Kafuma, a fertility doctor at uh, the Women's Hospital International and Fertility Center. They're located just behind Kabira Country Club here in Bukoto. It's yeah. a nice, comfortable place. You can go there with your partner, relax, talk to the doctors and the experts and come away with some good solutions to your problems. Thank, <laughs> you. Thank you. Thank All right, uh, Dr. Joseph Kapufuma, have a wonderful day. Hope to talk to you again soon. You too, thanks. All right. You're listening to The Fat Boy Show on your number one station, RX Radio. The Fat Boy Show. <laughs>